Yeah, amen. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Fuse all across the state. Hey, can everybody do me a favor really quick? Tonight is super special. One, I know we've been back for the first time in like a super, super long time, but also all across the state, all 14 uh, campuses, tonight is the first night of Fuse for, uh, for like multiple hundred brand new sixth grade students. So can we put our hands together and welcome them? <laughs> Typically... Typically, we would do this like if COVID hadn't like changed the whole world and all that sort of stuff. We do it in the fall, you know, or in like the beginning of the summer. We like welcome because like how many of you have like some pretty good memories of like being in Fuse, right? Like since you've joined Fuse, like you got a good memory of the Fuse group or like gauntlet or stuff. Yeah, like all of us want to say welcome to all of you that are brand new with us, all of you new sixth graders. Uh, our hope is that you can uh, join us for the next seven years, I guess, and that you would graduate into a lifetime of following Jesus. And along the way, you'd have a lot of awesome some memories. I want to do something else really quick before we jump in. I want us to put our hands together and give a giant thank you, hang on a second, to all of our amazing Fuse Group leaders. Can we do that? And then I'll tell you why. I'll tell you, thank you to Fuse Group leaders. Because over the last six months or so, March 11th was the last time we had Fuse. Over the last six months, we haven't been able to have Fuse, but we still have done Fuse, right? Like this, there still have been so many leaders who while they're trying to figure out their lives and they're trying to stay safe and they're trying to figure out what to do with their families, like they've been reaching out and trying their best to stay in touch with you guys. And it is so awesome. This ministry would not exist without you. So leaders, you are, you are seriously more important than you know. So thank you so much. Um, so what we're going to do for the next few weeks is we're going to jump into some content around the Holy Spirit. Because after you go basically like six months without being able to gather and get in the normal habit of like learning the word of God and worshiping around others and like just getting out of your normal flow, uh, it seems to, and I'm, I'm, I'm not asking anybody to raise their hands and like, I don't want anybody to like feel like you have to embarrass yourself or like do anything to make you feel weird. I'm going to tell you what's happened to me over the last six months. It has gotten much more difficult for me to experience the presence of God. Not being in church, not being here at Fuse, not being with my friends, not being able to, to sing songs and to hear the word of God taught to me and to pray corporately with people for a while. I'm a pastor and have been for a while now, and it has drastically had an effect on my relationship with God. And I know it to be true because I've had this conversation with lots of leaders and lots of people over this season that that's true for a lot of us, that when we break a rhythm, when we break a habit, Things change, and one of the things that's changed for a lot of us is that we just got to get back into the rhythm somehow in this new world with new restrictions and everybody having to wear a mask. You look amazing in your masks, by the way. Thanks for, thanks for doing that. In this new world of doing this, we've got to figure out how to get back into that place where we feel like we're close with God. And I, be, and I believe more than anything else that the first place to begin in doing that is to understand that we're really not far from God anyway. And that's only true because of the stuff that we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. Because of God, the Holy Spirit. So let me just do this on all of our campuses. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to jump into a few minutes of Bible, okay? So Father, thank you. Thank you for your heart toward us. Thank you for sending your only Son to, to reconcile the world to yourself so that you could send us yourself in the form of the Holy Spirit to fill us, to be with us. Holy Spirit, will you come, will you join us tonight? Will you join us in this room and just, just, just help us to know you more in Jesus' name, amen. From the very beginning of the Bible, 
we have record of God, the Holy Spirit. I'll prove it to you. If you've got a Bible, and by the way, don't forget about getting back in the habit of like bringing a Bible and bringing a journal, right? Because we've got to take notes. We've got to remember things. In group time, we've got to get in the habit of discussing things, asking questions. It's really important to be interested in what other people are learning around you. Uh, it's October. It's kind of like the month of like Halloween and spookies and all sort of stuff. So we thought we'd be a little cheeky with the uh, with ghost stories. It's kind of like a silly fun title or whatever. But like most people, a lot of people throughout church history have referred to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost. How many of you grew up in a church tradition where you heard God, the Holy Spirit, called the Holy Ghost? Okay, a good many of us. So you're familiar with this term. So let me tell you where kind of some of this idea comes from. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Literally the first words of the Bible say this. That in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was without form. And it was void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the ghost of God, the breath of God, was hovering over the face of the waters. That word hovering, it appears two other times in the scriptures. And each time in the Hebrew language, it's like this, this funky kind of word picture. And one of the other times, it literally is the, the picture of like this mother eagle like, like hovering over her nest. Right, So it's, it's this picture, like you can imagine that what, what the, the writer of Genesis is saying is that like in the beginning, like the ghost of God, the spirit of God was like, like a mother bird like hovering over the earth, right, like before it was all created. It's kind of a cool picture to think about. And if you've ever seen any of those like silly shows on sci-fi and it, like whatever they do and they go like look for ghosts and stuff and they can never find them or whatever. But they always have this way of like knowing when there was a ghost around, right? Like, you can't really see it. You can maybe hear a door slam or whatever. But, like, you know, you've been in the cinema. You can feel it, right? Like, there's something here. There's a, and they call it a ghost. And there's all this different stuff. But what we have from the very beginning of the Bible is this description of God that, that refers to him in this way that's, that's kind of different, right? Like, that the Spirit of God was there in the beginning, kind of like hovering over the waters, we have all throughout history God describing himself in three persons as Father, Son, and Spirit. We see distinct individual roles that each of the characters of God play for us and in our lives. And we're going to talk about those over the next few weeks. But the thing that I want us to all know that is abundantly clear throughout the text is that God has always wanted to be with us. Like, if, if you read the thread of, of the Bible from cover to cover, it's really a simple story. It's a story of God making people, loving people, wanting to be with people, people rejecting God, God fixing the problem, and coming back in to be, again, with his people through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to write this down. Take these notes, and we're going to get some, some good time to talk about this. But I want you to write this down. As Christians, we have the ability to know God. And to experience him here with us. Now, I want you to know that I, made, I wrote that sentence and I didn't write that we have just the ability to know about God. Because I know all about LeBron James. I know all about him. I've been a fan of his. We're, he's a little bit older than me. But like when I first started caring about sports, he was like the first pick in the draft. It was awesome. It was really cool. So I know all about him. I know all about his career. I know all about his haters. I know all about everything. I know all about LeBron James. But I definitely don't know LeBron James. And if we're not careful, we can, you can, I can live our lives with God 
approaching God the way that I approach LeBron James. As a fan, just not a friend. And I want you to know that it is, it is available to us. It is available to you right now. You may be lonely because you just have missed hanging out with your friends for several months. You may have legitimately slipped into some serious like mental health challenges over the last few months being by yourself for way too long. Some, you may have had some tragedy, some trauma in your family. You may be confused about who you are and asking questions about, you know, I thought I was this and then the world changed and now I'm something else. You may be frustrated at the, the events you've seen in the world around you. You may be asking big questions about the world. And I want you to know that in your current state right now, with your confusion and your questions, your heartache, your, your passions and your, your desires, all of that, right now you have the ability to not just know about God, but to know him personally. To know his heart. To know the way that God himself feels about you. To know the mind of Christ. To have the thoughts that God thinks about you. You can have access to those. So I want, to, I want you to write this down. We're going to do a little question and answer, okay? So here's the question, right? If we just said that, here's the question. How can I know God? How can I know God? This will be very simple. I'm going to write the, we're going to write this down and then we'll like unpack it in a little bit. How can I know God? Here's the answer that we're going to go with. I can know God. By the power of the Holy Spirit, through his resurrected son, Jesus. I can know God by the power of the Holy Spirit, through his resurrected son, Jesus. Jesus Christ is inarguably the most talked about, famous, uh, important figure in all of human history. And you don't have to be a Christian to affirm that. Atheists all over the place affirm that. Jesus has more influence in the world today than any other person who's ever lived. Not only because people trust him and follow him and are Christians, but because people talk about him. They talk about the way he led. They talk about his ideas and viewpoints for social justice. They, they talk about the way that Jesus called us to treat each other. People all over the world in every culture are talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who was a real person who lived for 33 years, uh, you know, a couple thousand years ago. But what's fascinating about Jesus is as Jesus is doing things, as he's walking and living his life as an adult male, and he's doing things that people are writing down. Like, you know that what you're doing is really going to change the world one day if while you're doing it, people are like journaling what you're doing, right? Like, this is how we have descriptions and letters of what Jesus did because people knew that this guy who was here who's performing these miracles and teaching about God and, and showing us the kingdom of God, that this man, what he's doing is making a massive difference. And Jesus himself said, it's better for me to leave and go to the Father, because if I don't leave, then you won't get the helper, the Holy Spirit. He said, it's literally, now you're, you're, imagine you're, you're a disciple and you're walking with Jesus, and you're, you just saw Jesus feed 5,000 people, okay, with like a couple of fish and some bread. Or imagine you just saw Jesus bring Lazarus back from the dead by just like saying his name. Or imagine um, that, that you're, you, you've just seen Jesus like heal somebody who was born blind and all of a sudden his eyes just work and like he can see and he's freaking out, he's crying because he can see colors for the first time, he can see all this stuff. Like you would be amazed. Now imagine Jesus turns and he says, hey, I'm gonna go away, but it's gonna be better that I do because when I go, you're gonna get the Holy Spirit and that's gonna, when things are really gonna take off. There's something so deep, so rich, so personal for us to understand about how much Jesus Christ valued you and I being able to know God through the power of the Holy Spirit. That we're going to spend a few weeks talking through it. The Apostle Paul, as he's planning churches, as he's, he, he's kind of like um, 
They called him an apostle because he was responsible for the culture, right? So imagine like, um, imagine like a football coach, right? So he not only has to teach you or, or a cheerleading coach or whatever, like they not only have to teach you how to actually do the thing, like how to play or how to cheer, or how to whatever, but they're also responsible for like your attitude and, and for the way things feel, like the way we work as a team, like all this stuff. This is kind of the, the, the modern day understanding of an apostle. And Paul was doing this for churches all over the place. Like he's fixing their culture. He's saying like, no, nah, this is wrong. This is right, whatever. Like you got to believe this, don't believe this, all that sort of stuff. And what he writes to the church in Corinth is this, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, here's what he says. Now the Lord, and of course they would have been thinking Jesus, like the Lord is, is, is Jesus, right? It's God, it's God himself. That's, that's kind of like the Lord is like the one who's in charge, the one who makes the shots, the Messiah. We, we know who this is. He says, no, no. Now the Lord is the what, is the who. You got to talk louder because you're all wearing masks. The Lord the one who calls the shots, God himself, he is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? There's freedom. Now, when Paul is trying to explain this culture to the first century believers in Corinth, what he's saying is this. You're not just supposed to learn about God. You're supposed to experience him. You're not just supposed to do things to make church people feel good. You're supposed to know God, to live life with him. That, that where the spirit of God is, right there is freedom. It's freedom. Now, I have to read something to you because I want to talk for just a, the last couple of minutes here. I want to talk about freedom. Because if you're like me, um, <clears throat> I, I'll just say this. I was extremely, extremely good at sinning. Like, before I came to Jesus, before I, like, fell in love with God and all that sort of stuff, like, I was good at it, right? And I kind of enjoyed it. Like, some parts of it, like, you feel like it's pretty good or whatever. But the thing that I didn't love and that I still don't love is, like, and, and people will tell you this, and you'll just have to, you can either trust them now or you'll learn down, down the road. It's kind of fine. Everybody does whatever. But you'll learn, like, some of the decisions you're making are creating habits. And habits are hard to break. And habits stick around for a long time. And habits, they, they shape behaviors. They shape your mindset. They shape the way you feel, the way you approach the world. And some habits are significantly worse than others. That's why you're going to hear that following Jesus is not just like thoughts. It's also actions. It's practices. <clears throat> it's a way of living and being in the world that is for the purpose of freedom. Now, so when I think about freedom... Immediately, I just start to feel shame and condemnation about all the things that I do or that I did because I just I wasn't good at following God. And, and so I'm like, I'm trapped with all these bad habits and all these bad thoughts and all this whatever. And I need freedom. And freedom is like this, this release of like being bound to my bad choices, right? Like that's what I thought about freedom is like, man, where the spirit of God is there, I can like be a good person. Like if God would free me, then I could like be a good guy, right? Like, it's, uh, like if I could just get freed up from sin, what I could do is then I could like do the good stuff. And I, and I didn't realize it wasn't actually about being free to like know God. It was just being free to do good stuff so people would think I was like good. Or like being good so that I, so that, like, um, I would fit in with like the good crowd or like I would feel welcome at, at church or I, would, like, or I wouldn't like feel embarrassed when I came to church because of my bad stuff that I did. Like if, God, if I could just get free, then it would be good. But this word freedom is actually not that. It's actually what Paul is trying to get at is, no, no, no. Where the spirit of God is, there is, there is freedom. And this freedom is at work in you so that your, your desires begin to change. You're not just bound to like, 
to live this life a certain way. You're actually free to want God. You're actually free to love God. You're actually free. Let me just read it to you the way that most old people just like write stuff better, right? So, okay, here we go. It says this. It's freedom from the dominion of corrupt desires. Listen to this. So that we do by the free impulse of the soul what the will of God requires. Let me write this. Let me just say this one more time. This freedom, this liberty that the spirit of God brings is freedom from the dominion of corrupt desires so that we do by the free impulse of the soul what the will of God requires. That means this, that the more you and I lean into the power of the Holy Spirit, the more we become free to both do and know and love God the way that he chose to be loved in the first place. Is it hard or easy for you to believe that God wants to be with you right now? Like, for a second, just don't think about maybe like the worst things you've done since quarantine started. Don't think about it. Maybe for some of you that's easier than others, like don't think about it. Don't think about your, your like relational challenges. Don't think about like your fears about like the future or anything. Just don't think about any of that. Just, just, just right now in this moment, do you think God like wants to hang out with you? Like if you, if, if, if God was like here, do you think he'd want to sit with you or go to Chick-fil-A after this with you or like hang out in your car and listen to the music you want to listen to you? Because most of us, if I could just be honest, most of us have this image of God like he's just, he's just, he's eternally unhappy with us. You're just never going to quite make him happy enough. And it's just not what the Bible says. Jesus is like abundantly clear that through the power of the Holy Spirit, God wants to be with you right now. That like right now, right now, without you changing a thing about yourself, God himself wants to be with you. He wants to be more than with you. He wants to live inside of you. He wants to share thoughts with you. <clears throat> he wants you to know how he feels. He wants you to know where he's going. He wants you to know what he's doing. He wants that for you, for me. I have to remind myself of that. And so over the next few weeks, we're gonna turn our attention to God, the Holy Spirit, the God who is with us, the, the God that Jesus described as the helper, the friend, the guide, the one who came to make sure that we don't just spend our whole lives getting it wrong. And we are hopefully over the next few weeks going to experience the freedom of the Holy Spirit, the liberty of the Holy Spirit, this, this freedom from, our, from our, uh, the dominion of our desires, right? This freedom to serve God with our heart and with our mind, with our soul. This freedom to love God the way he loves us. So can I pray? And then I'm going to hand it off to somebody at every campus and they'll take it from there. So let's pray. Why don't you pray? Why don't you close your eyes right now? Why don't you just ask God? If you have a hard time right now thinking that God wants to be with you, why don't you just ask him? Why don't you see if you hear from God for yourself tonight? Why don't you just see if God has something to say about wanting to be with you? You'll be shocked. If you really will ask him and, 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 and like pour your heart out to him and cry out to him and ask him, like if you really are struggling with that and you ask him, I'm telling you, he'll flood your heart tonight.
right now. And it doesn't have to be like this dramatic thing. You don't have to wait for a song. You don't have to wait for a prayer. Like, like God will be with you right now. You'll sense him. You'll know him. You'll hear his voice. He'll help you. He'll be a friend to you. Holy Spirit, you are worthy of honor. You're worthy of being sung about. You're worthy of being taught about. You are God. And Father, we, 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 we honor what you've done to be able to fill us with yourself. We honor the work of Jesus Christ. We honor the heart that you had to, to, to live with us. We honor the, the sacrifice that you made to send your only son to, 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 to fix the brokenness in our relationship so that you could, out of the joy and pleasure of your heart, just pour yourself out on us. Without measure, you could just give and give and give of yourself so that at any moment if we needed help, we could call on the helper. That in any moment if we found ourselves lost, we could just ask for guidance from our guide. That when we feel lonely, when we get in this, this, this cave of, of self-loathing and by ourselves and we don't know what to do, that at any moment we could call out to you the perfect friend. So Holy Spirit, I'm just asking for anyone who's here tonight who could use a friend. For anyone who's here tonight that, that feels lost and could really use a guide. For anyone who's caught up in their own life and really needs to find a God. Will you come? Will you set us free? Will you bring liberty to us as captives? And bring this true soul freedom so that we can love you and serve you and know you the way that you desire. God, bless us. But bless us with you. Give yourself to us. And help us to give ourselves to you. In Jesus' name.